Is mainstream school failing your kids? The pandemic, with all the changes to schooling and daily life, is a moment of opportunity to rethink the educational path that works best for you and for your kids. So the question is, how can we as parents find alternative solutions that aren't necessarily having to do it all ourselves or pay for programs that we can't afford? I'm Jerry Kirk. And I'm Graham Kirk. Join us as we talk with families thriving on their own path. We shared practical tips, wins, and challenges they've been through to help you on yours. We interview educational experts and parent entrepreneurs with education solutions for the modern age, so parents wanting a better alternative can make confident, informed choices. Welcome to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. You're ready for change. And so are we. Welcome back to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. My guest today, Shelby Kretz, has a dream to create a world where everyone is accepted for who they are. And so for her, that means that we need to invest in the next generation, right? And alongside other topics like maths, sciences, and the arts, well, frankly, they also need awareness of things like social justice. Now, parents play an important role in this, but it can be challenging as a parent. Social justice issues are not the easiest things to, to talk about, especially, you know, with kids. How do you make the topics interesting? Or we might not feel like we have enough knowledge on a topic. So Shelby wanted to tackle this issue in pursuit of her dream. And so she created a fun program to help parents. Little Justice Leaders is a monthly box that's filled with conversation starters, activities, and other goodies. So you can make these tough conversations fun and interesting with you and your little ones. Her passion is working with kids. She spent more than a decade creating fun learning experiences for kids and families of all kinds. So today we're going to dive into the world of social justice education for younger kids and how parents can nurture little justice leaders in their own home. Welcome to the show, Shelby. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Yeah, likewise. And I'm, I'm kind of curious why, you know, why um, social justice for you? What, what makes that your, your passion? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, social justice is really all about kindness, inclusion, acceptance, creating a world where all people are loved, appreciated, valued, seen for who they are. And for me, that's kind of the heart of why I do everything I do. It's really trying to make this world a better place, a little bit better than I found it. And so, thinking about justice in that way. And it's really, it's really pushing beyond kindness, right? It's not just the level of kindness where you're polite to someone, um, but it's really more about like a deep acceptance and loving of all different kinds of people. And so for me, that's kind of, you know, the, the core of why I do all of the work that I do is to create opportunities to open possibilities for, for all people and make sure that the playing field is leveled for all people so that everyone can, you know, succeed and do what they want in this life. And yeah, just really be, be appreciated and loved and respected for who they are. Yeah, it's certainly, I'd say today's climate, that's a, that's a really important thing to, to focus on. We see a lot, a lot of, a lot of division, right? A lot of sides, if you will, and a lot of different topics and, and debates. I'm, I'm kind of curious, is that something that's, that's always been part of you? What would you say that really the formation of that was for you in, in your own journey? 
Yeah, that's a good question. So I think partly it's kind of always been in me. I've had this desire. It's morphed over the years, right? When I was younger, you know, I referred to it as like, I wanted to help people. Now I've kind of moved beyond that language more towards like, I believe in a world of justice, which is kind of a different approach, but sort of this, it comes from the same core kind of aspect of like something that I've always cared about, which is making this world a better place in some small way. And So I did that through volunteering primarily when I was like a teenager. As I got older, I started to get involved in, you know, other types of justice work. I ended up founding a nonprofit, co-founding a nonprofit when I was an undergraduate. And um, it was an educational program. And so I was spending a lot of time in schools throughout that program. Mm. And through that time in schools, I was getting to spend obviously a lot of time with young people and seeing their potential alongside seeing the, f- the failing schools that they were in is really what ignited me to say like, okay, I, we have to do something about this. There are these young people who are so creative, so intelligent, so bright with these brilliant dreams for their future. And then we have these schools that are completely setting them up to fail um, for various reasons. And so that's really what pushed me into like digging into what is the problem like what are these structural issues in society uh, that are creating these outcomes that we're seeing and so that was what, what kind of gave me that final push down the road of like okay this is an issue of justice and now i'm going to figure out what does that mean and what is my role in that interesting so what would you say is kind of this the state of social justice education today like how are, how are most kids getting informed and educated and empowered on those topics yeah, so that's a great question. And I can tell you've got uh, a little spark, uh, yeah, a little spark there. <laughs> yeah, so because it's a, it's a brilliant question and um, it's a really sad answer. And it's actually one of the main reasons why I started Little Justice Leaders or one of the pushes, one of my pushes to start Little Justice Leaders was that I was hearing from so many teachers and parents that their little ones were hearing about issues of justice in the media, in the news, on social media but that they as parents or educators didn't know how to talk about it. So they just weren't talking about it. Right. So I think the state of social justice education for most American kids, most North American kids is that they, they aren't learning about it. Right. It's, it's just non-existent. Or if they are, it's, and, it's just through like sound bites. Exactly. It's sound bites and it, or it's coming from untrusted sources, right? It's coming from, TikTok. It's coming from their second grade friend at school. It's coming from their older cousin. Um, it's coming, you know, it's, it's coming from news media bites, like you said. So it's, it's all of these untrusted sources, or even if they are trustworthy sources, they're not brought down to an age appropriate level for kids and they're not, it's not created for kids. So it leaves them with a lot of misinformation. It leaves them with a lot of fear and confusion and misunderstanding. So then with little justice leaders is the idea to kind of provide better trusted sources of information or is it more about helping them better i guess analyze what's what's going out there or is it both it's a bit of both and it's it's really about empowering the caregivers and the educators to be leading these conversations okay. and engaging in them rather than shying away from them and giving them the tools that they need to do that in a way that's age appropriate, in a way that's engaging and interesting for the little ones, um, and doesn't cause that kind of fear, confusion, misunderstanding. What and what kind of age group are you, are you servicing? 
through that. Your, so your we, yeah, class. we work with K through sixth, so elementary school age kids. So what are what are some of the ways you found that you know keeps kids engaged in something like social justice in a box versus you know that mm-hmm. PlayStation Four over in the corner or the <laughs> YouTube on the on their phone? Right? What what? Uh, how, how do you how do you keep them engaged in, the, in these topics? Yeah, it, it can be challenging. Um, I think one thing that social justice has going for it is the connection to the real world. And young people are curious and they're creative, so they want to understand how the world works around them and what's going on. So when they do see these, you know, issues of justice coming up in the media, they genuinely do have a curiosity and a desire to understand them. So I think that's the one thing that social justice has going for it over, for example, let's say math, where um, we're constantly hearing the refrain of like, when am I ever going to need to know this? Which, you know, there's, of course, answers to that question, but the kids don't always get it right away. Whereas with justice, kids tend to get it like, oh, yeah, this actually like impacts my world. This impacts my community, my school, my experience as a human. So it has that going for it. But that being said, it's still a tough battle against the PlayStations and the Xbox. So we do it. We work a lot with crafts. So mm-hmm. getting kids involved with their hands, like doing something that they're physically working on and creating a physical product for elementary school kids. Like most of them love a good craft. Um, we also use picture books. So that's one way to engage them is through storytelling rather than you know, we're not necessarily sharing statistics, for example, like we might with adults if we were talking about an issue of justice. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're telling stories. Um, we're sharing like, you know, whether those are fiction stories or um, real life stories, that's one way to, to draw the kids in as well. I'd love for you to um, like share me, what are, what's say, one of your favorite topics that you've, you've covered? Kind of break it down for us, kind of what, what it is, what, you know, what makes what makes it uh, one of your favorites? And then uh, how did you, what, what did you put together to really convey that, uh, that topic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, this is hard because I love all the <laughs> topics, of course, but one of our most popular boxes, I would say, was our voting rights and voter suppression box. Oh, that's a good um, topic. That's a juicy it, one. It's a juicy one. I think kids, this one of the reasons why I love it is because when we talk to kids about voting, we so often focus on the message of like, everybody should vote, right? You know, everyone who is of age should vote. Like, I remember being in elementary school and we had this project where we had to walk around the neighborhood and knock on doors and tell everyone that they should vote, right? So like the whole message is like, everyone should vote. And if you don't vote, you're bad. We wanted to, you know, make that a little more complex. We wanted to bring out the issues that some folks can't vote or are blocked from voting for various reasons. And so that's why we created this, you know, voting rights box where it's like, you know, it's, it complexifies that story of everyone should vote into, you know, everyone should vote and everyone can't vote, uh, at least in the United States. And here's why. And mm-hmm. here are a lot of the, the challenges that exist to that. So that was definitely one of my favorite boxes for, for that reason. Another really popular one, a very popular one was our anti-racism box, which came out last summer Mm, in that the kids, right around that time, which was accidental timing. Our box came out about a week before that. Wow, um, really? Talk about it just meant to happen that way. Exactly. So it was very serendipitous timing in a tragic way, but it allowed, you know, an, an entry point for a lot of parents and educators who were looking for 
a way to talk about that issue with their little ones. Um, it kind of gave them the tools right away. So that bo- in that box, the kids were learning about skin tone and like practicing coloring different skin tones to match their own. And a lot of times when it comes to race, that's what we highly recommend is starting with the idea of just like the differences in race it comes down to a difference in you know, literally skin tone. Why are skin tones different? Like how, how do we understand, you know, like what is melanin and how does that work? And that those very basics kind of give them the framework for understanding, okay, race is really, really nothing. Like at the end of the day, it's just like my, my skin color is this when I mix these paints together and yours is that. So getting them to mix those paints together and kind of seeing just how little differences there are between, between races. Um, so that's, that's one thing we focused on in that anti-racism box. You know, I, I love that tangible thing, right? It's, it's it's somewhat more powerful than just reading that on a page. Yeah, that's really cool. Absolutely. That's, yeah, that's really cool. And curious too, like, I mean, obviously, it must be hard at times to know, you know, is, are things making an impact or, or not with, with families? Like, what, what kinds of comments or feedback do you get? And, and do you sometimes get ones that are maybe aren't as, as positive because, you know, you're dealing with sensitive topics. Maybe people have different opinions or, or uh, thoughts on around that topic that maybe don't align fully with with what you put together. Definitely. And we hear lots of feedback. Um, One thing that we try to do, we work very hard to do is incorporating different perspectives into every box and constantly putting out disclaimers of these. This is like, you know, a very small subset of ideas related to this topic. And you should take what you're interested in and dig more. So we try very hard never to present too much as fact. And we also don't present, you know, like, this is what you should believe. It's so much more about like, here is a story, for example, about, you know, for our box about transgender identities, let's say, here is a story about, you know, a kid who um, is transgender and their experience. And here is some information about what is gender identity and what does that even mean? And now, like, you can make sense of that with the information we provided, with the craft that we provided and that kind of thing yourself and start to ask questions that you're interested in rather than saying, you know, this is how it is. This is every transgender person's experience um, because we know experiences are so varied across every topic. So we try really hard not to present too much as fact and rather, you know, present this is one story, this is one other story, and this is one other story. And for every transgender person that exists in this world, there's another story. So we try very hard to, to do it that way. But of course, we still we still get feedback sometimes. And luckily, our community is so great and so you know connected to, to us, connected to this work, connected to social justice, that 99% of the time when we get feedback, it comes from a very loving place of, hey, I think you missed the mark on this. And then, you know, if that happens, we always will obviously try to make it right and try to, you know, do something, make sure that everyone gets, gets the, the better version or, you know, a more expanded version of the information so that they have it. Yeah, I noticed too, one thing that you do think is really great, and you kind of alluded to a little bit is, you know, when you're, when you're focusing on a topic, you're really trying to engage with people who are directly affected by that topic, right? To really get, to get their perspective in and perhaps even some, mm-hmm. some input and, uh, and ideas around how to, you know, convey that, that topic as well in, in your materials. Absolutely. So we, for every single box, we have box leaders, what we call box leaders. And they are individuals who um, are 
directly impacted by the issue that we're talking about or directly affected or in other way in some way you know more connected to that issue than we are so we have you know we'll have between like two and four box leaders and they actually direct and guide the creation of all of the content Um, and this is something i highly recommend for anyone engaging in justice work with little ones, whether you're using Little Justice Leaders or other resources, making sure that those resources are created by the folks who are most impacted by the topic. Or um, if you're talking about identity groups, that they're created by folks who are within that identity, identify with that community, because that it's going to be, first of all, more accurate, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be more aligned with, you know, truth and, and justice, really. So making sure that if you are creating these resources, that, you know, finding ways to have them, you know, purchase them from folks who are directly impacted by the issues. I'm curious too, then, you know, for, for parents who are listening out there, right? So let's say they you know, get one of these boxes and they go through the, the topic, whether it's racism or voter suppression, which, uh, which got my attention right away because I actually did, I've done a lot of voting reform. That's a definitely a passion topic of mine. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I once read a kind of, you know, one of those Weird things that you share when people say, you know, it's one thing that you've done that no one would ever really know about. I used to run a vote swapping website up here in Canada, <laughs> which was kind of weird. Oh, wow. But uh, <laughs> yeah, more as a protest than, than really as an effective tool to to uh, to make votes count. But it was, it was interesting. But Interesting. Cool. But yeah, like, so, you know, let's say, you know, uh, you know one of their kids brings, brings up a topic, seeing the news or on TikTok or whatever. What, uh, I guess, what tips do you have? For parents to kind of engage their their child in kind of exploring that that topic further, both for the child and for themselves, if if that's something they'd like to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I think a great thing you can do for yourself is trying to learn a bit about it before you have that conversation. You know, a quick Google search, read a couple of articles can be very simple. Watch a few videos. That's not always possible, right? Because sometimes our kids come to us with the question and you're suddenly in it, you're in the conversation and maybe you have not had time to prepare. So a couple of things. One, I think that's huge to model for our little ones is just to admit when we don't know, right? Giving them, you know, false or incorrect information because we're not sure and we're kind of guessing is not helpful to anyone. Um, and just saying, I don't know, let's look that up together. Also, of course, models the comfort of, you know, not always having all the answers, which we want to be modeled to our little ones anyway. My second piece of advice is to start with books, right? Books really are a great way to help kids learn about things without making it too heavy is through story. So whether that's, you know, books or something else, but books is a great way to start diversifying the media that you're consuming diversifying, you know, the books on your kid's bookshelf or in your classroom library. It's a great way to start engaging in these conversations slowly and at least representing more uh, diversity in, you know, their realm of awareness um, as a starting point. So using story, admitting when you don't know. Let's see, what else would I suggest? I think being very mindful of their age. Mm-hmm. And it can be really hard to know what's age appropriate, but recognizing, so for example, if we're talking about very young kids, like five through eight-year-olds, they're any seeing any kind of violent images on TV or in social media can be so confusing and harmful, right? Because they can't make sense of their own sense of safety. So 
with little kids, making sure you're reminding them that they are safe in this moment, that their family is safe in this moment. Mm -hmm. Like, even if we're talking about, you know, a really scary topic and there's violence on the news or whatever that might be. Exactly. A school shooting, for example. So reinforcing to them. And and you don't want to give... It, it's, it's a tough balance, right? Because you want to be realistic, right? Mm-hmm. School shootings, let's say, for an example, it's a very scary thing and it could happen, yeah. right? At our kids' school, we always know that's a very rare but realistic possibility. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to say this is never going to happen to you, right? Because that's just kind of, we, we can't say that for sure. But what we want to say is like, we're safe right now. Um, this school shooting happened and, you know, then you can kind of get into it, but reminding your kid, we're safe. Like there's, there's nothing happening here. There's nothing happening right now at our school in our town, um, whatever that might be. So just continually reminding them and school shootings is, is a really scary one because that is so violent. And so, um, it's so often in the media and it's unpredictable Yeah, <laughs> and it, and it could happen anywhere. So that's one that you really, really can't say like this never will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have to continue to reinforce we are safe we are okay, we can learn about this. And this is a really scary thing. Um, but the images, the media, the videos, it, kids don't need to see it. Mm. And a lot of times adults don't need to see it either, realistically, but really, you there. your kids don't need to see it. It's not helpful to their understanding at all. Um, it's only going to cause confusion and panic. And again, like their inability to distinguish their own safety from what they're seeing on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of what's on the screen is just designed for for shock to keep you keep get your attention right exactly yeah. exactly Just, yeah let's see anything else uh we haven't covered yet today that could be really important around social justice education or around um, the little justice leaders program i think i think the big thing for parents and educators like to really know is like we we can feel so held back so scared to start having these conversations because we feel like we're not an expert yet, right? We want to equip ourselves with all of the knowledge right. to be able to answer all of the potential questions that our kids might come up with. Um, but that's that's never going to happen, right? There are too many issues. They're always changing and evolving. And our kids are so creative in the questions that they come up with that we would never think of or we would never expect to see coming. So you're never going to feel ready to do this work. You just have to start doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's so scary. And I think the big thing I like to stress with educators and parents is you will get something wrong, right? That's the biggest fear they have. It's like, well, what if I say something wrong? I promise you will. Like it will (laughs) happen at some point, right? I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. It will happen because they're going to ask something and you're going to not know the answer and you're going to try to answer or you're going to fumble it and you're going to totally say something that you didn't mean to say and it's going to feel like a disaster in your mind but i promise it's not talking about these things get practice at them um that is what's going to make you better at it and if you do say something wrong have that conversation with your kid right they 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 can understand like you just say you know what i i think that came out wrong or i was misinformed about that thing that we talked about last week and i learned this so now we know and we can do better. So, 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 so okay get to be over human. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It is okay to be human. Get over it. Like it's it's fine. And no one is coming for you. I, in my opinion, it is so much better to start having these conversations mm-hmm. and start fumbling through it together um, rather than not. Because if you don't, you're setting those those topics up as taboo and you're making it so that it's not 
okay to talk about race, to talk about gender, to talk about identity. And when we do that is when we, there's a lot of misinformation that we don't know that our kids are holding these myths as truth. And we'll never know because we're not talking to them about it. So it's so important just to talk about it and try to get some basics down maybe before you start so that you don't totally, um, <laughs> you know, go at it the wrong way. Like, it, you know, read a couple of articles or something, but you're not going to be 100% an expert on every topic. And we just have to dive in, admit when we're wrong and learn together with our kids. Because that's, I mean, realistically, anyone who's getting our little justice leaders boxes, they're learning together with exactly. their kids and exactly. their students. Um, they really are. Yeah, I think, I think it's as much, as much as about, you know, the journey as it is about whatever information or whatever, whatever gets communicated, right? Not 100%. everything's, you know, a lot doesn't, frankly, a lot's just not even going to stick, but it's, right. it's more the, the process of, of figuring things out. And by, mm -hmm. by modeling, certainly as a parent, I've learned um, often the hard way that, um, you know, what I teach best is through what I do and what I model than anything that I, yes. that I say. So for parents out there, don't worry so much about what you say, but a model, but <laughs> exactly a mo model the behavior and, and the practices mm -hmm. and, and, the, and the interests and the care that, that you, right. that you have, that you want to, you want to see in them as well. Absolutely. And sometimes the behavior that you're modeling is just openly talking about exactly. it, right? Inconsistently. Being curious. Right? It's not going to stick the one time. Yeah. Yeah. Asking questions. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think, you know, at least one for me that I think is, is important for parents would be also just be to like to question things, right? Like to not assume yes. things to be true. Even I, even, mm -hmm. I, I challenge, or I, I tell my kids all the time, you know, even things that I say, like challenge those, like don't always just don't assume by default that they are true, right? To do your own yeah. digging and mm -hmm. ask questions. I love that. You know, I mean, it, I feel like the home is really, it's the, the safe zone, like you were saying earlier in terms of safety, but it's like the safe zone to practice these things because you're in an mm -hmm. environment that's supportive and accepting when you're out there in the, the wider context, mm -hmm. things might not be as quite as friendly or as nurturing. And so, yeah, let, let them challenge mom and dad or ask weird questions or, or whatever, right? Because mm -hmm. you're just building those muscles so that, you know, when those bigger challenges come, you know, they're they're much more able and ready to go. They put in the reps. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And certainly, you know, doing a the once a month the little justice leaders is a great way to, to put in reps. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So definitely check out Little Justice Leaders monthly boxes. Um, but even if you know you you can't access that for some reason or it's just not the right time, please check out our Instagram. Our Instagram is at Little Justice Leaders. We give away lots of free resources and content to get you started on this work, even if you know you're not able to get the boxes right away. That's a great way to kind of dip your toes in, get a lot of our resources and a lot of our content we just put out there for free because we really want all educators and all caregivers of little kids to be able to start implementing these these things right away so yeah come use all of that as a starting point awesome i love what you're doing and the difference you're making in the world i think it's so important to be investing in our next generation and not just generation but also the parents families and uh yeah thanks for being on the show today really appreciate your time yeah